This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right, what's up, everybody? We are in part four of our sermon series, uh, The Forgotten God, a study on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to dive right into this. Um, we are continuing our um, our thought here, uh, and it is, what does the Holy Spirit do? So the first uh, two weeks, we talked about um, who is the Holy Spirit, and now uh, last week and this week, we're going to talk about what does the Holy Spirit do. So, um, and I felt the need, and after uh, this past weekend, to really even go deeper into what we talked about last week. So some of the um, the same points are there, but I just, um, you know, in looking in the Word, there was just more scriptures and more to talk about, about some of those things. So I wanted to just kind of unpack more when it comes to what does the Holy Spirit do, okay? So some of it might be a reminder, but we're gonna go a little deeper and we, we got some new scriptures here. Um, throughout the message today. Okay, so let's do this. Um, once again, welcome to Hopeland Online. I hope you enjoyed uh, the worship this morning, and we're going to jump right into the word here. So, Father, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit here with us, and we pray right now in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, you speak to us through your holy word. We thank you, uh, Lord, that your word is true and your word changes us. So we come underneath, Lord, your voice. We submit to what you are saying today, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said amen. All right, here we go. So what does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? Uh, Let's go to John chapter 14. Uh, We'll start in verse 25 and read all the way to verse 27. So once again, John 14, verse 25 to 27 Here it is again. I believe last week we shared John 17 uh, and Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. John 14, he's talking about the Holy Spirit right here. He says this, these things I have spoken to you uh, while being present with you. Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. We talked about maturity last week and and, and how the Holy Spirit is in us and with us and leading us and guiding us to mature us, to to make us more like Jesus. And this is a huge part of what the Holy Spirit does is, and this is my first point, folks, the Holy Spirit teaches us, okay? The Holy Spirit teaches teaches us, all right? And so um, here we go. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, okay? So the Holy Spirit Uh, teaches us. This is his role. It also says here, but the helper, I believe the King James says comforter, 
It is the Greek word, once again, helper, comforter, counselor, uh, parakletos, okay? The one, our advocate, the one uh, along our side to, to uh, assist us, direct us. He's the one called along our side to help us, okay? So, and he will teach you. So this is so important. I know uh, you know this, we know this, but this is so important uh, because sometimes I think we miss this, that the Holy Spirit is in your life so he can teach you all things. He can teach you, all right? So he's there to, to teach us, to show us uh, the way to go, all right? And so last week, this is some of the things we talked about last week, but I've got some new verses. Um, so the two things the Spirit, the Holy Spirit does, the two things we talked about. Number one, remember we talked about soul transformation, okay? Soul transformation, what does that mean? For those of you that are with us for your first time, is that he leads us to truth to sanctify us. So this is a this is this is this is how he teaches us. This is how he guides us. This is part of how he walks with us through life. This is God with us in reality. The Spirit of God dwelling within us, leading us, guiding us, comforting us, teaching us, showing us the way to go, leading us throughout this life, okay? And so, um, once again, the first thing there, soul transformation. So check this out. This is a new verse. I didn't share this verse last week, but here it is. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. All right, this is the opening, uh, the second verse of the, of the letter uh, that, that the apostle Peter wrote. It says, elect, according to the, this is who he's addressing this letter to, um, elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in, here it is, folks, sanctification of the Spirit, okay? So uh, the elect, it means that we were in God before we got here, right? He placed us here. He, we, we, we were, we, Jesus died for us before the foundation of the world. We were in Christ before the foundation of the world. And we being, uh, God, God has chosen us. We are elect, the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, here it is, in sanctification of the Spirit. Okay, what does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit sanctifies us. Okay, that's my next point. Okay, what, what does he do? He sanctifies us. All right, so in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience. Okay, so um, I, I, my heart here is that is that you mature and grow in your walk with God. What it, who is the Holy Spirit and what does he do? He is called along your side to assist you. How does he do that? He teaches you. How does he do that? He sanctifies you. He sanctifies us. It says, we are the elect according to foreknowledge, foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace be multiplied. What is this saying? That you are saved by grace. When you, Once you are saved by grace, the Holy Spirit begins to sanctify you for obedience. This is so powerful here, is, is that when we have trouble with obeying God, it could be that there's just something in us, something that we have not allowed God to touch maybe, 
Uh, maybe it's an area of our life that we uh, that that we have yet to be sanctified in. It's maybe something we have yet to put on the altar. Maybe it is something that um, we dealt with as a child and we haven't quite been uh, delivered of that, that way of thinking, that approach. What, what, I, I don't know. But the point is that there, it could be a part, a piece of kind of that old nature, right? And so th- through the sanctification of the spirit, and I believe the King James says unto obedience. So when, when we allow the spirit of God to sanctify us, he then empowers us to obey him. I'm here to tell you right now, right? I, I cannot obey God without his grace and his ability in me. I need him to sanctify me so I can serve him. I need him to change my thinking, change, restore my soul, so I can follow him. I need him to deliver me, do a work in me so I can live for him. So sanctification is paramount. It is requisite to live for God. We cannot live for God without him touching us, making us more like him, delivering us of the ways of this world. All right. So once again, going back, it's one thing. Our position in Christ is absolute. The devil is under our feet. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's a whole other thing to walk it out. Does that make sense? I'll use an analogy here quickly um, for you baseball fans out there. It's somebody could be on the team. Let's say the Dodgers, for instance, for all you Dodgers fans out there. And they're on the team and they got the jersey and the outfit, okay? And and they've been awarded that because they legitimately are positioned on the team. They they went through training camp, they 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 came up through the through the uh the farm league or whatever, you know, and they've made it. They're on the Dodgers, right? And so praise God, they're positioned, they got their glove, they got the bat, they got their ball, they got their batting gloves, they got the helmet, all that stuff. They got it. They they're good to go. But it's a whole other thing to actually play the game, to actually do it. It's, it's you're on the team, but it's a whole other thing to walk it out and to actually have, uh, actually play, right? So, so us positioned in Christ, yes, it's another thing to walk it out. That's where our relationship with the Holy Spirit comes in. So, is it, so this is what we're talking about, sanctification. Say that with me, say sanctification. Say it again, say sanctification. This is God's love toward us because how many of us know right here, think about when you first gave your life to Jesus, right? Uh, pr- praise God, right? Like you, you, you encountered him, he spoke to you and you confessed him as Lord. I mean, you are born again. You are saved. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You, every every promise of God in the word of God is yours. You have access to it because of your faith in him, because of his grace towards you, because of your, your response and faith to him. You're saved, you're born again, you're a child of God, you're a saint, you're, you're an ambassador of Christ. Praise the Lord, just like a Dodger, right? A, the ball player, he's a, he, that person, they, they're on the team, they're a Dodger, right? Okay, and so how many of you know um, 
that if you were to look back at that and from now till then, I am assuming that you have grown, that you've been delivered of some things, that you have matured spiritually, you have grown in your knowledge of God, you have Maybe when you first got saved, you still struggle with certain things. And then you, you and, and, and then through the word and the spirit of God and your journey with God, man, you are, you are more free in actuality in areas of your life. You have more joy, more peace, more, um, you know, more faith. Your faith is stronger, right? Well, how did that happen? Be, uh, you have been sanctified, uh, the sanctification of the spirit unto obedience, right? So sanctification is this process in walking with God in becoming more like him, all right? And so this is what, the, that's why it says, that's why it's called the sanctification of the spirit. The holy, this is what he does. He sanctifies us. He matures us. He delivers us. He liberates us over time, right? So here we go. What does that word mean? Sanctification. What is that? Okay. So, so let, let's, let, let me read. Let me read. This is what it means. This is what it means. This, this will say it all right here. Sanctification of the spirit. This is what he does. It means the process. This is not my definition. I know I always say that because I want you to know I'm not just trying to make stuff up here. This is the Greek definition and it comes from the word, root word of holy, hagio, okay? And it means the process of advancing in holiness. Of course, right? Sanctification of the spirit. He is the Holy Spirit, Spiritu Santo. In, in Espanol, Santo, holy, hagio in the Greek it, and this is the process of advancing in holiness, all right? So here it is. Here, here's another definition of it. This is the literal definition. Being progressively transformed by the Lord into his likeness. Yes, I love that definition. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Somebody say, help me, Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our teacher. He is our guide. He is the one called along our side to help us. He is our advocate. He is in close proximity to you. That, that word in the Greek, uh, counselor, comforter, that, that, that's really like an, a legal advocate. Okay. That would, that would stand in court. So with you. So, so <clears throat> it's a very strong term, but how, how does he, advocate for us? How does he walk with us? How does he teach us? He sanctifies us. When we have a relationship with God by way, in Christ through the Holy Spirit, by way of the Holy Spirit, what does he do? Sanctifies us. What does that mean? That through his grace and power in us, we are being progressively transformed by the Lord into his likeness. It speaks of similarity of nature. I'm telling you right now, the world doesn't need religion. The world doesn't need our religion. The world doesn't need our belief system. The world doesn't need our worldview. The world needs Christ. <clears throat> and let me break it down. 
The, the world, your world needs Christ in you. Not just some God you profess, not just some church you go to, but the nature of God coming from you. His nature, his love, his compassion, his grace, his power, his strength, his faith. This is what is in the very heart of God is that he desired to dwell in us. He has an affinity to dwell within human hearts. And that's you. The why, why do we need to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit unto obedience? Because we want to be like him. And in that and through that, others will know who he is. This is not, people don't need your bumper sticker. <clears throat> Come on, somebody. People don't need your little fish on your car. Nothing wrong with that. People don't need your Christian t-shirt. Do your thing. If you like to wear um, overtly Christian um, um, merchandise, right? You know what I mean? God wants to dwell in your heart so people can see him through you. Somebody say amen. Unto obedience. Here we go. I'm not getting too far in my notes, folks. I'm going kind of slow here, but I hope you're getting something out of this. But unto obedience. What does obedience mean? Here we go. This is this this is what the Holy Spirit does. I don't mind camping out here. I might not even finish my notes today, and that's that's okay because I really want to teach you here. I really want to to teach you who He is and what He does. So once again, in that verse, in sanctification of the Spirit, this is First Peter one two again, for obedience. Too many people are trying to obey in their own strength. Too many people are trying to live the quote-unquote Christian life just from intellectual assent or some sort of, man, I just got to be a good person. No, we need to be transformed. We need to progressively, progressively be transformed by the Lord into his likeness. Because that's the only way we can truly obey his calling. It is him in us and not we ourselves. So obedience means, this is what it means. This is a powerful word. The sanctification of the spirit leads us to obedience, empowers us to obey. It is the only way we can obey. We need him. We need his grace to obey. Our, we can't do this in our through our old nature, through the through the, what I, you might've heard this language before. And, you know, I've been in church since I was, you know, in my late teens. And so some of the language used, they would call it the arm of the flesh or kind of at times in, in scripture, arm represents strength. So it's like some people trying to obey God in their own strength and no God, give me grace. Lord, grace me, help me to, help me to follow you. Great, give me some grace so I can do what you're calling me to do. I can't do it. Sean can't do it, but Christ in me can. Somebody say this with me. Say, I need to be sanctified. 
So this word obedience, what it leads, this, this is where it takes us, sanctification. Sanctification leads to obedience. And obedience means, it comes from two Greek words. It means to hear, one of the words, it's a compound word. It means to hear and beneath. So to hear beneath. Or so let me just break it down for you here. It literally means that we submit to what we hear. And this is the thing, in my flesh, in my own ability, in my own strength as a person, in my humanity, I, it is, I, I am incapable of submitting to the call of God in my own strength. This isn't about me. This, this isn't my strength. This isn't what I have done. This isn't about what I have achieved. This isn't about what I have made happen. True, authentic sanctification leads to the empowering of the spirit of us to joyfully and willfully say yes to whatever God says and what, wherever he leads. The spirit of God sanctifies us unto obedience, the ability, the grace to submit to what God has said to us, to come underneath what he has commanded us. Obedience is the response to God speaking. That's what, it, that's, that, that's what this word means, that, that we hear and we follow. We hear and we come underneath it. We hear and we submit to it, okay? The, the voice of God. Uh, the Spirit of God desires to sanctify you so that he can work his will and obedience to him through you. So there we go. He sanctifies us. And so we talked about last week, the, the, the other thing he does is life's direction. Okay, and so many times, um, soul transformation, life's direction, I mean, we can't just compartmentalize those and linearly look at those. I believe that the Spirit of God does all that and, 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 and you know, he'll lead you somewhere and the whole purpose is to sanctify you. He'll put you, he'll lead you around certain people to, to bring a greater level of holiness to you. He'll lead you to a church to connect in that community. You notice the leading, the directional leading, the life's direction. He's led you to a person, place, uh, environment, church, whatever. He, he's directing your life and in that sanctification, happens and many times he'll sanctify you. He will transform your soul and do a work inside of you. And in and through doing that, you are able to hear more clearly and follow his leading, his direction. So at times it's kind of like, man, that's just the way God works, right? But the point is this, is that he sanctifies us to obey us. And when we obey, he He sanctifies us in and through that. He, he does a work in us when we obey and he empowers us to obey. All right. So check this out under, you know, life's direction. That's the thing we talked about. I have, a, I have a verse here I didn't share last week as well. But in Romans chapter eight, verse 14, powerful verse here. I love this verse. It says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God. Somebody say, lead me, Holy Spirit. Say it again. Say, lead me, Holy Spirit. OK, so that's my next point. The Holy Spirit leads us. Okay, I know it's I know it's simple, but that's what he does. What does he do? He leads us. So, um, um, and 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 that that that's a real. It means what it means, right? It lead he 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 leads us 
by accompanying us, a guide, okay? So I don't know if you've ever gone on any kind of tour. You go on some, I don't know, some vacation and you get a tour guide, right? So he, the tour guide knows where everything is. He knows where to go. You know what I mean? He's describing the environment. He's You, you are submitting to his leading because you don't know where you're at, right? So welcome to your walk with God. I'm telling you right now, we need a tour guide because we don't know where we're going. Um, you know, the Bible speaks of Abraham. The Bible says in God speaking to him to leave his country, his his kindred, his family and just go, right? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it says that he went out not knowing where he was going. Come on now, somebody say, help me, Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, for, for as many as are led uh, by the Spirit of God, he is our tour guide throughout our earthly experience, okay? So this is powerful. Think about this, the God, the creator of the universe that was before all things. Uh, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He knows all things. He searches the deep things, yes, the deep things of God, and yet he is your tour guide, okay? So he's leading. So that, that we, we, we need a tour guide. If, you, if you're going to fulfill God's purpose, you need a tour guide. And that there's only one of them, his, and he is the Holy Spirit. He's gonna lead you. Okay, he's gonna sanctify you, but he's gonna lead you, life's direction. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. This is powerful, folks, because this word sons isn't just talking about being born again, okay? There's another another uh, language um, that speaks of when we're born again. Uh, the Bible says that in, in Romans chapter um, eight, it says, and if we are children, we are heirs, and if heirs, we're joint heirs with Christ, okay? So that word in, in the Greek, the word child in, in, in Romans chapter eight, it, the definition is um, uh, to pro be produced as with a seed. So, so we're born again, the seed, of, the divine seed of Christ is in us. We're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and bites forever, we are a child of God because of his grace and our faith in his name. But we, and now we're talking about maturity today, right? We're talking about sanctification. We're talking about being changed into his image. We're talking about being progressively um, transformed by the Lord into his likeness. We're talking about the process of advancing in holiness. And this word in Romans 8, that these are the sons of God. I'm here to tell you right now that it requires maturity to authentically be led by the Spirit of God. It, it, it's, it's a maturation process, why? Because this word son isn't child. It's not the word child. Okay, that word child in the Greek, I believe the Greek word is the word the Greek word technon, which is just, which is a child, right? When, when I have three small children and um, when they were born, that's my seed. That's, that's, that's my, the blessing on Crystal Gale and I is his. He's positioned in the house, provided for, blessed, right? Covered, I am his, I am their father. But as they grow, progressively, they grow into, if I could say this, this Greek word with his son is huios, which is, speaks of maturing, growing up, 
okay? Growing up. So for as many, for as many, he's talking to the church now in Rome. For as many, and he's not talking to heathens, he's talking to the church. For as many as are led, as many as allow him to be their tour guide, these are mature sons. These are mature sons. Amen? When the Bible says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, right? But when I became a man, I what? I put away childish things, all right? Praise God for our position as children of God. But the Holy Spirit is here with us to help us mature as sons. Come on, somebody say amen. Okay, so we are, I'm going to give you the, the, the proper definition here of weos. I'm going to read the verse again. Can I read it again for you? Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. What's that word sons mean? It's weos. Okay? That's what it means. It means a right to the Father's inheritance. But, check it out, comma, as the believer lives in conformity with the Father's nature. There it is. Born again. Every promise is yours. But I'm here to tell you right now, it's gonna take maturity to walk it out. It's gonna take some maturity to receive it. Uh, I, we have uh, an our, we have a, 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 a savings account for all three of our children. And it's a tax, it's a tax write-off kind of thing, uh, but it's for their education. And we are putting money in there for them. But until they are mature, they will not access it. It's there, it's theirs. It's in their name. Even got their social security number on there, right? It is theirs. And it is coming from their father. It is the blessing of the father, right? But they ain't gonna get it till they mature. And when they get there, if they're, you know, hopefully not, praise the Lord, pray for my children. Um, if they're not, as long as they're, but if they're acting a fool, they ain't gonna get it. Somebody say amen, <laughs> right? So so th this, is, this is where stewardship got maturity, Right, so I'm gonna read this again. We us, those that are led by the Spirit of God, these, 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 these are sons. These are these are mature sons. Those that can be led. Those when God says move, you move. When God leads you, you go. When He puts His hand on something, you don't deny it, push it down, and 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 keep it there, and then avoid being around Christians because you know they're gonna they're gonna call you on your stuff. Somebody say Amen. So I'm not talking about judging people and being demeaning or condemning. I'm just saying um, through when God. Um, is with you and in you. He desires to sanctify you. And when he touches you uh, to, to walk into true sonship, if you will, it's going to require us, require us to submit to what we hear so we can grow, so we can, so we can, so we can receive our inheritance. Why is God so concerned with our maturity? Why? Number one, he loves us, period. He loves us. Number two, he wants you to walk out and live out the, the full inheritance he died for. But it's gonna require maturity. Just because you read a couple Christian books and you and you quote some scriptures, that, that does not qualify you to walk in all that God has died for you to have. Come on now, come on somebody. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm not saying it's not yours. I'm not saying the money isn't in the bank account, 
but it's going to take time and sanctification and growth so we can be entrusted with what God desires to give us. I want my children to be mature so they do right with it, so they don't squander it, right? Hello, prodigal son, right? He, what, he got his inheritance too early. Got, he wasn't ready, wasn't ready. And the father like, all right, he learned his lesson, came running back home. Come on now, look at, amen. I want my kids to grow up. I want to send them out. <laughs> I want them to, I don't, I don't need them to be running back home. I'm trying to, I, I, I'm looking forward to being an empty nester one day. I know I say that now, but once they leave, I'm probably going to cry. And my wife and I are going to be like, oh my gosh, we miss them. And then we're going to go just go over their house all the time. Or we're going to just, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but the point is that we want to grow. So we can be entrusted in the Holy Spirit. What does he do? He's here to sanctify us, to help to mature us so we can receive all that Jesus died for us to have. So there we go, folks. I'm gonna read it one more time if that's all right. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I am going to read starting uh, in verse 9. So 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 11. All right, verse 9 to 11 only. Here it is. But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. All right? Man, this is so good. I'll say it this way. God's not speaking to men. Everything the Holy Spirit hears, he says. God is, the Father is speaking to the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is speaking to men. Verse 10, but God has revealed them. Somebody say revealed. Uh, revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, here it is. This is so powerful. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God, all right? All right, hallelujah. This word revealed in the Greek, verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, revealed uh, to uncover, to manifest, to make plain what is invisible or immaterial. This is what the spirit of God does. The spirit of God gives us revelation of the word of God, okay? Searches, investigate deep depth, uh, he searches the deep things, deep water, okay? Uh, deep laid plans. Uh, the spirit, this is where we get revelation, understanding. This is where you're praying and the Holy Spirit speaks to you concerning the written word you are reading. He breathes on it. He speaks to you. This is where you, 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 he, he, he's leading you and, 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 and giving a direction to your life. And you're like, man, I, 
I believe the Holy Spirit is kind of leading me over here or leading me to connect to this person or leading me to speak to this person or leading me in this profession or, you know, um, all throughout my life, any kind of um, <clears throat> changes um, I, I've had or shifts in my life, it always started with the Spirit of God. Just Jesus said, my peace I give to you, right? I don't give as the world gives. And he was speaking in context of the Holy Spirit, just like the, 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 the authentic peace of God about a decision, about a direction, about uh, a relationship. It's just, man, God's peace is there, right? It, praise God. That's what the Spirit of God does. He reveals things to us. God reveals, he takes the covers off things we can't quite see or understand or know and he'll show us. Believe God that through the spirit of God, he will speak to you about these things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm gonna share one more verse here and then we're gonna close. I shared this verse. This is the, the only verse I'm kind of sharing again because it really summarizes what we've been talking about the last two weeks, okay? What the Spirit of God does. So here it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. I wanna read this again. This is it right here, all right? Verse 16, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, here it is, the veil is taken away. So that's what revelation means, reveal. It means, if you look it up, it means to take the covers off. So it's like there are things there, things God desires to do and to say to you. But in his infinite wisdom, they're covered right now. But the spirit of God in time, through the process of our willingness, our trustworthiness, our maturity, he uncovers. That's what he does. He is. Uh, the, uh, the apostle Paul, in speaking to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter one, it was a prayer he prayed. I believe it starts in verse 17. And his prayer was that he would, that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So the Holy Spirit is, a characteristic of who he is, is the spirit of revelation. What does that mean? He uncovers the mysteries of God for us. He takes the covers off and we see now what we did not see before. And look at this. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's what the spirit of God does. He takes the veil away, he takes the covers off. And I've heard a preacher say before, it's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. But God uncovers, look at Luca has no idea he's got money in the bank, right? He's got a little money in the bank. He's only two years old, but he's got some money. Guess what? It's covered. It's not, it's not hidden from him, it's hidden for him. You don't need to be knowing about that right now. Come on now. You don't, you don't need to know, right? You don't need to know, but he will. If he matures, it's there. As he grows, it's there. The father, I put it there. It's gonna, you know, and it's gonna be a blessing to him, but his maturity is gonna, it's gonna require maturity. It's gonna require, I think we've, we, we've celebrated our position in Christ and I, I'm all about it. I say it all the time. It is part of, it's part, it's how we function and operate, but I can't, I can't, I can't celebrate your position in Christ and not give you something to mature in it because we won't go anywhere. We got the uniform, but we ain't gonna play the game. Somebody needs to say amen. Come on now. We're gonna be on the bench. Now mature to that place. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 17, 
Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, speaking of the spirit of God. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face, the veils taken off, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Somebody say sanctification. What? Transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah, folks. Praise his holy name. All right, let's pray. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would lead us all by the spirit. I pray that we wouldn't just be professing Christians, but spirit-led Christians. I pray we wouldn't just celebrate our salvation, but God, I pray that we'd be sanctified and walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. We would grow. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, show us, teach us. Give us the grace, Holy Spirit, so we can obey Lord, we don't just want to talk about you. We want to be like you. Holy Spirit, make us, make us more like Jesus. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.